1: Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. If you are thinking about turning your window dreams into a reality, a great place to start is the Pella showrooms. You got one in Omaha and in Lincoln. The showroom's awesome. Sometimes it actually helps to see the window and see the door open it, close it to get a better feel of exactly what you are going to be putting into your home. Any direction you start, just know that Pella can 100% provide window and door solutions to any home. Check them out online, Pella, Omaha. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my pals at Runza. And we've talked to you guys the last couple of weeks about the greatness of the salads at Runza. And they got a new one uh, that is fantastic. It's the Chicken Bacon Ranch Salad. Just when you think bacon is going to be the best part of this salad, bam! You see that it's topped with Runza's homemade ranch dressing. Oh, my gosh. You were close, Bacon. You were close to being the superstar. But you can't quite compete with Runza's made-from-scratch ranch. Maybe next time, Bacon. Maybe next time. Get to Runza and try the delicious chicken bacon ranch salad. Runza makes it all better. Well, on the line now, Steve Sippel, columnist, Lincoln Journal star, also a radio host with Jake Sorensen. 93.7 The Ticket, 6 to 8 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, A guy whose insight and perspective I value greatly and a guy who tweets about Darren Dietrich uh, randomly on Tuesday nights in April. <laughs> Sip, Sip, I knew what you were talking about. The, it's crazy. I'm sitting there. So you, were, you had to have been watching the BTN Classic Notre Dame-Nebraska game from 2001, correct?
0: Yeah, that's – yeah, yeah. I didn't – you know, with Twitter, I mean, not everything has great context, but I, it was – I get it. It was random. Man, it was fun watching that, I'll tell
1: you that. I, I'm one of those guys – I've – I get I get sucked into those BTN anytime. I always check BTN obviously, and then if there's a Husker Classic on, I get sucked into it. I just do. I think it's and I actually think it's something that's kind of not to give like Husker fans homework, but I actually think it's a valuable thing to do to kind of remind yourself. You know what? Nebraska was a great program, or Nebraska was you know you know one at a high level, or hey, this is what good football looks like, or this is what physicality looks like. This is what being well-coached looked like. I, I, you know what I mean? I think it's important to kind of remind yourself of Nebraska's history, even a ho-hum game like that 2001 game was. Like, that That game was kind of just... It was a big game, but I wouldn't say it was, like, something that was... I, a part of me was kind of surprised it was a classic in some ways.
0: Yeah, I was surprised it had it on, because, it, yeah, it was the, the second half was very ho-hum, but... You know, the start of the game, the magnitude was, you know, the program was still hitting it at a very high level. And the magnitude of the game was very clear. You know, you have Musburger and Danielson, yes. Jack O'Rood on the sideline. And it's, you know, it just feels, it just felt really big. And yeah, you, you it's good for younger people to watch. It's good for us guys like us to watch it because, for instance, I, you know, when I'm talking about, Nebraska is, you know, the top tight ends to come through here. I'll I'll forget Tracy Wistrom right, sometimes. Right, and there he was, and and he's, I mean, he was a, it's he a hell of a good tight. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, there was a lot of players that make you do that on that team where you go, woo. Yes. I mean, they had they had fenodi and Rayola, and and you saw what they did. Right, it was it was a very interesting game to me because Frank just decided he didn't really run the option much. They didn't run the option to the outside. They just they just hammered it inside hammered it inside hammered it inside and then you get to thinking about well they had Rayola and finoti right. i mean they had that that big very very good offensive line and they had a, a pounding running back let's just do it you know it was right. really fascinating to watch
1: but it also is it's crazy I'm, I'm watching that and i'm like man it's insane how you blink and 20 years go by
0: yeah well there's a life lesson for you believe me it happens
1: man i mean because yeah, it's just. I mean, twenty. Yeah. In some ways, that game doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But it's like that thing was twenty years ago, and you know Heinrich Harburg wasn't even born for that game. You know, <laughs> say that again. Heinrich Harburg wasn't even born no,
0: for that amazing, game. Yeah, you know, like I wonder what those young guys
1: think when they're watching it. <laughs> right. They think, uh, yeah. Like, is that like? For me, would that have been like if someone shows me? I'm trying to think of when I was that age. Like if someone shows me footage of like Wilt Chamberlain or something like that. Like, when I was 18 years old. I don't know. I'm, I'm really – I'm, which is kind of sad, but I wonder if, like, those guys turn on that film and they go, oh, man, look at this. Look at this old – look at these old-ass people out there. And it's like,
0: wow, really? <laughs> I don't know if they would do that, Nick. I think they would look at that and go, whoa, like you said, that. look at how physical that team plays. You noticed it. I really noticed how the defense flew around. Man. And that's not like a vintage Nebraska defense. No. It was good, but they really were flying around on that night. Yep. I mean it was sort of in, your friend Shanley was playing. Um a young looked,
1: Barrett Rude, a freshman Barrett Rude, out there doing <laughs> his thing.
0: Barrett, yeah, Barrett was out there. Yeah, he was out there playing behind Burrow and Burrow had a big game that yep.
1: game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was
0: yeah. It was <laughs> to to us old guys. I could talk about this for a half
1: man, hour. I know We people listening right now, like, come on, talk about the current team. I'm like, I could talk about the, the 2001 Notre Dame Nebraska game for a while, but I, okay. So I, I wrote this down to kind of get us started into our conversation and bear with me because this is kind of a long kind of thought to get started with, but like huh. whenever I'm, you know, maybe on the road with Fox doing stuff and people, you know, they, they know I'm from Nebraska and they'll always kind of ask me about Nebraska football and they're like, Hey man, what's going on with Froster? what happened or what, you know, And the way I always kind of explain it, and the more it's kind of become clear to me, and you can tell me if you vibe with this at all. Like, I think Scott Frost came here confident in himself and in his system. And why wouldn't he be? Undefeated coach of the year at UCF. Uh, He was the OC at Oregon when they're lighting everyone up. And all of a sudden, he didn't fully have the explosive playmakers at key spots, Andy was in a league that was way different than the Pac-12 and the AAC. And then because of that, all the little details become a big deal when you aren't hanging 45 a game on people. So all of a sudden, special teams, penalties, situational football, all those things get magnified when you aren't explosive on offense. Sip, you can survive a false start to make it first and 15 when Adrian Killens or Lagarrett Blunt take it 80 to the house. You can survive bad field position when Marcus Mariota, you know, hits DeAnthony Thomas for a 75-yard touchdown pass. All of a sudden, those things aren't happening and the details become big-time issues. And so, I and not, then not to mention the lack of confidence that this program and team had that mounted when the losses mounted, like – I think we we want to psychoanalyze this thing, but I think it's I, I don't I think a lot of it can get kind of encapsulated in just that. And I think he's starting yeah. to realize he's gotta
0: switch things up a little bit. Yes. Um I yeah, I have thought about it in almost those terms. Pretty close to that. I, I guess the the tweak I would make to it is or not the tweak, but I'd just add this to what you said, and I, I agree with it. And I've asked Scott about this, by the way. Um, did the Big Ten catch you by surprise? Mm-hmm. Did the yeah. level of play? Did the physicality? Did the did the did the coaching? Did the just the whole? Did the just the magnitude catch you by surprise? Now people are gonna say, wait a second. Like when he was at Oregon, they they were in the Final Four. They you know they were in the national semis. So come on, magnitude. Uh, I don't know. The Big Ten's a different animal than the Pac-12, and it's a way different animal than the AAC. I totally agree with you. One day, well, I was on the road actually covering. I don't even remember where I was, but I was in a hotel and there was a Big Ten game on a Friday night, and there was an AAC game on the Friday night. I had them on two different TVs, and I was really struck by it. Right. Like, look, look at, look at how different. Like, if you do that, I would invite people to do that almost. Watch a Big Ten game and an AAC game simultaneously and, and tell me how, I mean, it's a way different world. So, yeah, I think you're on to something. I think it may be, I, I just kind of frame it up that I think the Big Ten might have caught him by surprise a little bit. And and it goes back to, I mean, nobody wants to hear it and we don't need to talk about it. But, you know, they he was, he walked into a, well, and he has said this. He yep. knew he was walking into a tough situation, yep. it was worse than he thought,
1: right, right, because yeah, you can't have revisionist history on like it wasn't oh it wasn't that bad when he got here, really? it was pretty bad i mean it was it was it was not good at all. do you think, okay, so was it the big Ten caught him by surprise that whole thought was it the big Ten caught him by surprise or 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 is it just he didn't get the right explosive playmakers in certain spots because I think I think a lot of the issues come back to he's kind of whiffed at the running back spot and the wide receiver spot. Like, what's amazing is we don't really talk about the lines anymore, right? Like, that's something we don't really talk about. You know, I think Martinez, with the right pieces around him, is good enough to win at a pretty high level. I I tell you what, I think the linebackers and the secondary and the defensive improvement has been good enough. I think in this offense and in this situation – You better have explosive players at running back and wide receiver, or it's not going to look good. Just like in Fred Hoiberg's system, you better have a good point guard and good three-point shooters, or all of a sudden the system's not going to look great. Well, is it the system in the Big Ten, or is it you don't have the right pieces in that system?
0: I think it's more. I think it's been more about the pieces, right, Scott? I think his system can work. Um, It's there's a conversation to be had there um, because his system is a little now it's team defenses have caught up with that sort Absolutely. of degree, but I, I do think it's largely um, about the lack of playmakers at, at the, at the two positions you mentioned. And it's still a big question at running back now to sort of update the conversation. And there's, and they, they do have to go out and prove it in the fall, but the receiver group really has undergone what I would say, an impressive transformation. Um, they got to go do it. And, um, they have to, you know, guy who am I talking about? A guy like Samori Teray and Omar Manning. They gotta they got ha, they have to do it in the aut in the autumn against tough teams right off the bat and see if they and we'll see if they can sustain it. My guess is Teray will. I don't know. Manning it just Manning's yeah, that's, an enigma. That man. conversation's you don't know. really day to day. Yep, it really is. It really, but really I, is. Yeah, it is. I'll tell you though, <laughs> if he ever if it ever all falls into place for him, it that's gonna be a picture people like. We'll just have to see. Right. You know, Xavier Betts, um come on, I mean Xavier Betts is that's good looking kid, man. That, yeah, that Nick, that's the kind of guy yeah. that would you would see come in playing for the Longhorns, you right. know, and you'd be Wow, wait, wait a second. Why do the why can't Nebraska have guys like that? Well now they do. Um, Oliver Martin's a very good receiver. Very good. You know, I mean, he was a four-star recruit and, and, you know, he got dropped in here last year and, and tried to catch up, but it was hard. Um, and now he's settled in and looks, is having a great camp. Levi Falk is a good player. Uh, in- I mean, they're, they're set at that position. Yes. Set to where there's some guy like, you know, there's a couple guys that left. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Wandell got bypassed, but, I mean, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, there's when Scott says they're better um, and deeper at receiver than at any point he's been here. I totally understand why, but they got to go prove it.
1: No doubt. Um, no doubt about it. And then you know, because we're, we're talking about you know, okay, so updating certain position groups, or even you know, learning on the fly and and adjusting in philosophical things. Because I thought there was something that was really juicy a quote from Greg Austin in the spring, basically talking about how they've slowed down practice. Right. And right. I think that's something that I think is really, really critical because I remember talking to Barrett when he first started working with Frost and then even when he got to Nebraska, and he, he would talk about how a lot of the teaching actually has to take place in the meetings, in the film room, because they sell out to tempo so much in practice that they got to get on to the next play, right? Because they, So they got to condition themselves. And they got to get used to tempo, 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 and everything being built around that. And so when you're big on that, Sip, like sometimes when there's those big key teaching moments on the practice field, or maybe punishing a mistake on the practice field with the details you're moving on to the next play instead of stopping it, teaching it in the moment. Some of those things get sacrificed in the name of tempo. And so I actually think that like the fact that they're slowing mm-hmm. things down is really, really interesting to me. And I think really, really good.
0: Yeah, I think it's important. Uh, and I, you characterized it well. That is something I've, yeah, I, I definitely think that that should be helpful. Um, again, it's a... Uh, some of these conversations are a little confounding to me. I mean, it seems like, here's what, here's the way I look at it almost. It's like some things have dawned on Scott that, you know, the emphasis on special teams is another example. And you just wondered, I mean, I don't want to say it's too late, but it's like now all of a sudden there's pressure, you know, it's like, I think it's been interesting. It's been a sort of an interesting three years. There was this, I think there was sort of this built in glow after the hire, this, this kind of like a newlywed glow. And then there's this kind of two year period where we're just sort of just happy. You know, then the losing started and it kind of made things weird. And then COVID came and the COVID season was odd. And now here we are, Nick, and we're, it's like, now it's got to happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost so, like it's got to happen now. They got to. There's got to be discernible progress. Probably a bull, and we're having these kind of conversations like that. Like it took three seasons to kind of figure that part out. That kind of make a major adjustment in practice. Uh, make a major adjust, adjustment in terms of how they treat special teams. Um, we're still kind of talking about getting a couple position groups, right? Most notably running back. Um, so it's a little, I don't know on the flip side though, they're bet They they're a better looking team now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, Scott opens up that Saturday practice and it's pretty striking how good they look at. I'd say most of the positions, they have some holes like most teams do, but he's done a good job of, of recruiting size and athleticism. And he, it shows it's better. It's de- They're definitely better, but man, it just feels like it's got, it's kind of got to happen and everybody's a little tense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree because I, cause, cause I was going to ask you about that, but you kind of, you, you kind of went there with, Cause we, uh-huh. we, we say those kinds of things like, Hey, it's a big year, better get to a bowl. It's a big year. And sometimes like, Hey, okay, well, what do we really mean when we say that? And I mean, do what, what, how would you kind of characterize that? I mean, you kind of went there with it, but like, what do we, I mean, get to a bowl or else like what? I guess sometimes I don't know. We say these things. <laughs> I don't know right. what we're really exactly. saying.
0: Yeah. What is or else? right I don't know. That's what it, that's why Nick, it feels a little uncomfortable. Like when, and it, now, if you're going to have real adult discussion about it, you know, it's year four. Um, you know, this is a, they're in that business where you do got to win. Um, you know, you have I, I guess the, what I always go back to in this discussion is the notion of discernible progress. Yeah, right. And if and I don't know exactly what that'll look like. And I it's hard to say what it'll look like, but we're almost to a point now where it's got to manifest itself in a, a, a bowl game and which is, you know, a six and six season. If they're not six and six, then it would be hard to sell the idea of discernible progress. It's not impossible. You know how football is. It's hard. It's hard just to say, okay, they need to, they need to be this record because records can be misleading. Mm-hmm. I think you would say, for instance, 2016, Um, They were nine and four. But when you look at that season, you think back, think back, or was it 2000? Yeah, it's 2016 when they went to the music city bowl. And if you look at that season, Nick, that was sort of like the, the precursor to the end of the Riley era. There was, it got pretty bad at the end of that season. And you thought, Ooh, this is maybe getting off, off the tracks a little bit. Um, So with Scott, it's, I mean, you're you're looking for discernible progress, whatever that is. Now, if you don't see it, I don't know where that's that is the where it gets uncomfortable. I don't know what what we're talking about at that. I know. Let's face it, Nick. It gets really complicated because your A.D. is only, you know, he has two more years. He's he's um, essentially his contract runs up to 2022 through through 2022. And he's pretty much said that, that, you know, it'll be retirement after that. So I, I don't, if you are got to, if you God forbid, they have to make a tough decision on Scott, who would, who would even be making it, I don't you know? know? So, yeah. yeah. So we're in a, Hey, we're in a little bit of a fix. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, we're in a quandary and that's, we just got to kind of face it for what it is and, See how it unfolds.
1: All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast, talk about White Castle roofing. You know, one of the best decisions I've made was calling White Castle roofing when my roof had some hail damage back in the day to my old house in Omaha. I needed experts, I needed people I can trust. That's White Castle. White Castle roofing made the entire process so easy and so smooth, and they did a great job. They communicate every step of the way in their crews, they're knowledgeable, they care about the details, and cleanup is a top priority. So if you need experts, you can trust. White House Roofing is the answer. In fact, I'm dealing with a leak in my roof in my new house, and you know who I called immediately? Of course, White Castle. Ben from White Castle, came to the house last week, took a look at things, and we already got the ball rolling on what to do next. When it comes to your roof, you need people you can trust. And trust me, you can trust the good people at White Castle. Check them out, whitecastleroofing.com. White Castle Roofing, built with trust, proven, By time and the Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by my friends at Runza. There is nothing better than hearing from an old high school football teammate, like my former offensive lineman, Brett Altman, on Twitter, where he went out and he tried the Ruben Runza and loved it. That's what I'm talking about, baby. And my dad, my father, he got his Ruben Runza game right, he gave it two thumbs. Up. Again, Reuben Runza is available at all Runza locations. It's everything you love about a Reuben wrapped up inside the greatness of a Runza sandwich. So make sure you stop out to Runza, try the brand new Reuben Runza. And speaking of Runzas. Don't forget that every Runza is made to order, meaning you can add anything in the kitchen within reason to add on a Runza since everyone starts as an original Runza. You can add pickles or ketchup or ranch, whatever. It is up to you. So whether you get a Reuben Runza or get creative and add something to an original Runza, you know it's going to be delicious. So head out to Runza today, and while you're there, tell them your buddy, your pal, Nick sent you. And the Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by my friends at Pella Windows and Door. You know when it's time to get a new set of windows or a new door, you gotta go with Pella. Why? Because they can provide window and door solutions to any home. They can turn your window and door modeling dreams into a reality. And Because the people are great. Vince and Steve and Clint and Brian, the whole gang, they are all fantastic. And you know what else is fantastic? Knowing that you're going to be working with Pella and only Pella the entire time. Do you realize that when you work with some other window companies, all of a sudden questions pop up. Like, who's going to install it? Who's going to pre-finish it? Who's doing that? And before you know it, you're working with like four or five different people. Oh, my God. You want the convenience and simplicity of working with one company, not three or four. That is Pella. Check them out on the web. PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com com back to the podcast i mean i just get nervous i get nervous for frost because i you know how it is it seems like once that negativity snowball starts rolling it can be yeah. tough to stop and i'm already sensing fans and even some media members are starting to get extremely cynical with everything that comes out of that program everything's kind of met with an eye roll which i i get but i also i, I don't i kind of also don't know what certain people really want um do you think for someone who's covered multiple coaching regimes, Solich and Callahan and Bo and and Riley, like, and you? So you've seen things get drama filled, the losses mount, uh, kind of what we're talking about. Some fans kind of getting the you know the murmur starting to happen. Like, how does this situation compare to those? Does it feel exactly the same? Does it feel different? What do you think?
0: Feels very much the same. Okay, it does. Unfortunately, I, I hate to say it, but it does. Yeah, it's like I you know we felt this before. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's why the start of the, this coming season is critical that they get off to a good start because that negativity will escalate quickly. Come on, Nick. I mean, if they lose to Illinois in the opener, I mean, it just, I know how this goes. I mean, it's, here's what happens. They lose to Illinois and, me and Baz and Parker are, are driving back in the, you know, in the happy van and we're, it's, but it's not happy because no. here comes, here comes the sports editor calling and saying, Hey, who, who's going to be getting a hold of moose? You know, it, it, the, the conversations get weird quickly oh, yeah. and I've, I've, Oh, I've been down the road a lot, Nick. I Man, know. I know, how, I know how it goes. And yeah, I definitely, it definitely feels that way. And you're right. That when the negativity Um, begins it it is a real phenomenon and it is not easy to deal with um ask i can i just remember instances with guys i remember the toll it took on frank i wouldn't even repeat some of the things that some of the conversations i had with frank i just literally wouldn't wouldn't talk about him publicly um callahan i can remember a, a conversation with bill after they lost in the big 12 championship game to Oklahoma, which was, I mean, you know, it was a pretty good year. Right. Yeah. And they, they pushed Oklahoma at arrowhead. And, but the negativity was, was so bad after that loss and bill literally just shouted into the cell phone. What do these people want, mm. you know, killing us, they're killing us in recruiting. I mean, he was really upset. Um, I don't, in Bo, I mean, yeah, you we know. Bo's <laughs> situation was pretty uh dramatized right out in the open. Uh, yes. Um, Riley was you know, Riley was different, kind of, he was cut out of a different cloth. Um, I don't, I just don't think there's anything that could bother Riley at that stage of his career, but so yeah, it, but but yeah, I've, I've seen it before. It's it's really rough to wrestle with if you're in that head coaching chair. Brutal.
1: I mean, really, really. It's tough. brutal. I, yeah. yeah. I, do you think? I mean, to, I guess, how do you see the quarterback situation in terms of of getting a transfer or not? Um, you kind of wrote about this. It's a very, it's it's a, it's a really interesting conversation because your, I mean, it's almost like an insurance policy because you'd be bringing in a guy that isn't going to start and I don't know who, that's a tough guy to find in the transfer portal. You know, like, hey, come in here and you're not going to start, but you never know, you might get in there. How do you, how do you see that situation playing out?
0: It kind of takes me back to um, junior high when I was (laughs) in uh, algebra, and I just couldn't figure it out. I mean, I just was like, okay, I, I'm taking the D. I, right. I mean, my, my, my dad's going to kill me, but I, I have no answers. Right. Uh, and I don't. It's, so, it's like an algebra equation. I don't – I would like – it would be really nice. And this may be happening, Nick. I don't know. It would be nice if they came out of spring and they said, you know what? We're going to roll with Smothers and Harburg. And we feel – and it gets down to this, Nick this is, I mean, this is part of what 12 and 20 creates. Yep. It's not, okay. Those guys just need to kind of keep us in games. If they, if, if we have to turn to them, no, it's not that now. If, if, if they have to go to Logan Smothers or Harburg or Matt Masker, they got to win. I mean, they're going to, they're probably would be in a position where they got to win. I mean, so you have to, first of all, look at it in that context. And I'm not, you know, I haven't asked Mario Verdusco about it directly. You know, we asked Scott uh, 10 days, 12 days ago about it. And, you know, he said those guys are progressing. But it comes down to our, our – they, have they progressed to a level where you don't feel a need to go into the portal? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what he would say to that. And I don't know – you know, I don't know what he would – you know, how coaches answer that publicly and how – answer it privately can be two different things too so we'll see i imagine we'll see in the first week of may what's going on there there's no like you said there's no guarantee that they can even find somebody in the portal so you know what i said about the program being kind of in a quandary that's a kind of a microcosm of it they're they're in a bit of a quandary there too right
1: i there's a part of me that that uh that thinks though that you know sometimes i'll i'll you know, when you're bored, I'll hop on like Zillow.com and I'll just like be messing around looking at different, like real, like, uh, I wonder what in Miami, if I want beachfront, like all this stuff, you know, you type in your, like, I want a beachfront. Here's my price range. I want this, 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 and it'll be like, no results found. You're like, okay. Like a part of me, a part of me feels like in the portal, they would be like, all right, we want a, a guy that wants to come in talented, could win a game at Wisconsin, but cool with, not being the starter, maybe for the entire season, and then he's got two other friends, you know. Like, I also right. sometimes think who they're who we're seeking and talking about in the portal does that guy even exist?
0: I don't know, I don't know that it does. That's that's a complicator, right? That's part of the algebra equation, right? Uh, I don't, that, that, yeah, that's definitely a complicator. And I, you know what, you can't, you just can't summarily dismiss the possibility that Logan Smothers and or Heinrich Harburg aren't making the sort of progress that the coaches wanted. Um, you know, they'll, they'll have all summer to continue to hone their craft. And then, you know, August becomes very critical for them. Every practice is critical for them. Right. Um, so I, I, you know, and then, you know, in our position, you don't want to make, you don't want to make it sound like a crisis if it's not
1: right you know? I mean, we're talking about the backup quarterback like there so part of me also goes like Martinez is still going to start like a part of me like I get it like he's yet to prove that he can go a whole season whether it's injuries or whatever but I also think like we're not talking about a crisis at the starting quarterback spot
0: <laughs> so it's well, hard to call it a crisis Neither mean or, me, me or you think that now some people would say that but right. I I'm I think you feel about Adrian the way I do uh, yes I, I he's I good mean, enough yeah. Adrian maybe makes it through the season.
1: Right. You right? don't have to worry about it. Right. Right. So, and then I also think sometimes we talk out of both sides of our mouth as, as, you know, consumers of the program of, we got to be a developmental program and then you want to hit the panic button on development and you, know, you got to go get someone else, you know, like, it's amazing yeah. how, yeah. how quickly we, we move off guys or want to go to the quick fix on something and, I, I, don't, I don't know I for whatever reason and again I'm' no, I don't know I'm not there every day at practice I have no idea what smothers and Harburg look like and I have no idea what's even available in the portal my my just gut reaction to it is for some reason I don't love the idea of going and getting a a transfer I just I don't love it
0: okay i i, I um I'm probably in that vein too um,
1: but again, I don't know I mean I like I don't know. I, if it someone to say pass. Nick, what facts do you have to back that up? I don't know. I I don't have I don't have any any concrete facts of understanding how these guys look on a day to day basis to be able to back that up. I just know the dynamics of uh, of team chemistry, confidence in guys. Every sometimes you just gotta you gotta you gotta believe in people. Believe yeah, in there You, go. you
0: know. Hey, well, and that gets back to something. I mean, I would go more broadly to scott's situation i'm i, w- I want to make it clear to you and the and the listeners and i haven't said this uh, you know i haven't made this clear i need to probably start making it clear clearer i'm i am of the opinion strong opinion that they need to give scott a lot a lot of rope mm-hmm. I, I don't I'm really uncomfortable with the notion of change. I'm really uncomfortable, in fact, with – I'm a little uncomfortable with how Scott gets treated. Um, and knowing I contribute to it a little bit, I mean I get, I get emails from people who say, uh, you know, you, gotta, you really got to get off his back. And every time I get one, I'm heartened by it. Right. I'm, I feel I feel good. I, it makes me feel good that there's a there's Scott still has some backers that will take time to send the local columnist an email that says get off the head coach's back because I at my core, I think that's that's the you. way it should be. I'm with you. I mean, it, I mean, it's a tricky, you know, it's you're you're in, you're in kind of a tricky spot um, similar to me in that you have to. I mean, listen, they're 12 and 20, and there's been a lot of issues that you can't ignore, and Scott wouldn't even want you to ignore them. But at the end of the day, I I have a hard time with the notion of, of making a move in that position unless it just go, goes completely off the tracks. And the reason I say that is because of what I said before. I see him building that roster pretty well. And there's a lot of those players. There's a, Hey, Hey Nick, there's a lot of young guys in the program that need development. And they were recruited by this staff. They were recruited to develop under this staff. You never know what's going to happen when another bunch of guys comes in. And I, I just, I think there's enough over there that they can get this going, I but there's too. no guarantee it's going to happen this right, year.
1: Right. And that's why I've really enjoyed I think there's only been three episodes of the through our eyes, little series, the, the universities t- yeah. that, you know, they did one on the two, you know, what was it, uh, was it Deontay Williams and Dismuke I think. And then yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, and Adrian.
1: Adrian, and the, then the offensive line. And you're like, you know, cause it's easy to just, what I like about it is it humanizes those guys because they become just helmets and a, and a name on the back of a Jersey. And we just don't realize these are people. And Man, they're working their ass off. They're working hard. They're saying all the right things. They want to do well. And listen, I, this isn't Pee wee Sports where you know just want to is is uh, is enough. But I don't know. I just I think I, I've enjoyed those because I I feel like it when I watch those I feel better
0: about the program. I do. Well, well, in part, you you feel better because of what the guys verbalize. Right. Um, and you know you see Williams and dismuke. And they're very real about the situation, but they feel good about about this season and where it could go. Um, I don't know. Then you hear, I mean, even you hear a guy like DeAndre Thomas say, "This is, you know, this program's. I feel better about it than I've ever felt." There must be something going on. Right. There's some there's some comments that are they're meant to be good, but they're sort of damning. Like, <laughs> funny listening to some more. It wasn't funny, but it, I mean, it was. Sort of interesting listening to Tamar- Samari Teray say, "Man, when I got here and seeing the guys they have and the way they work, it 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 was. I'm really sort of surprised that they've struggled. Right. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> quite how to take that, but the, I know. Uh, it's, there's a lot going on that's good. Right. It's not a train wreck, right? So, but it's got, but it but you know the business. It's they bottom gotta, line, man. They it's got to happen in. on autumn.
1: No Saturday. question, no question. Bottom. Uh." Like, two more things and I'll let you run because I know I wasn't going to keep you this long. But you know what's amazing, Sip, is we don't even talk about Eric Chenander anymore. Like, when he first got here, he was kind of the whipping boy. He was the one that the fans were most lukewarm on. He was the guy that would get a lot of the blame when things wouldn't go well, like I, I felt like there was a lot of people that had him on the chopping block the second he arrived and that defense has taken such good strides combined with maybe all the other two phases really falling apart, but he's not even a talking point nowadays, which is which is great to me.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of it's tied to uh, the fact, you know, kind of one by one in the winter time, guys announced they were coming back. right? You know, and I think that, I think those a lot of people just read those as sort of votes of confidence for Chinander and his system, and it was sort of implicit in the discussion. He didn't even really need to say it. It was just like, okay, um, if Will Honus and Deontre Williams and Markel Desnook and Ben Stilley, uh, those guys feel that good about this to come back? Then then Chenander must be getting through to him. Right. So I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it stems from that, and a lot of it stems from just kind of what you saw on the field. But listen, they got a long way to go. I mean, that oh, yeah, that yeah, side yeah. all is. I think there's a there's a lot of potential there, um, but you know you want to see a top thirty defense.
1: Yeah, and unless you have a a, a, there, a part of me feels like I feel great about the defense, but I feel like there's a ceiling because they don't have any elite pass rusher. And without an elite pass rusher, it's harder to maybe get turnovers. Um, It's harder. It's just harder to, to, to have an elite top 25, top 20, top 15 defense when you don't have that. But I, I just think it's interesting when we kind of think about like where, where everybody was at with Chenander initially and where, and, and now he's not even like, I don't even know. Has there been a Chenander column in the spring? Have you written about Chenander? I have not done one. And I
0: think, I mean, I,
1: and I think that's yeah, right I, because I don't even know what the, the column is necessarily other than like, hey, this guy's – we're not even talking about him, huh? Like that's a weird well,
0: column. <laughs> if you're going to do one, it would be about why the guys have have bought in so much. Sure, I think. sure. What, what is it about him? What is it about – what's going on on that side of the ball that's, um, that these guys feel so good about? But yeah, you're right. He's, he's in – he's kind of – he, he has become forgotten in a very good way. And I think any defensive coordinator would say, if they're not talking about me, that's a good thing.
1: Right. B- before I let you go, and you were going there a little bit, can you – because I know you probably got multiple ones. Can you give me your best Bo Pelini was upset with me, called me m- story that, that now – I mean, it's been – I mean, Sip, it's, it's almost well, been I, 10 I gotta years. i got
0: to think about one that Bo wouldn't mind. Uh, yeah, there was a <laughs> – Give it there to was me. was a <laughs> – there was a t- I, you know we got into it a lot, enough that they get, they literally gave me an office at the Journal Star just to get me out of the newsroom. So those- <laughs> and, 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 and a lot of the discussions were just kind of, I mean, we would yell at each other just because we're like that. Like he would very extreme. I'd always give him, I've always given him guff about that. He, like most people say there's going to be two sounds, me hitting you and you hitting the floor. What he would say, both very extreme, would call and say, "Simple, there's got two sounds, me hitting you and your skull splattering all over the uh, <laughs> face. He was very extreme like that. The, the worst ever, and here's the thing that people need to know about Bo. Now, he was always the one to apologize. Right. Um, there was a time he called me and demanded to know a source for a column I wrote about the quarterbacks, in which I I used a source in the program. And he called me one morning, mid morning, and and wow, you know how you know how he got into refs? Yes. Take that times about five. Wow. And it got ugly. Yeah, I got really mad at him. I got so angry, and he he backed this. Yeah. He's super funny too. Yeah. He up- handled these situations well. I said, all right, all right. I said, Clear your office out. Make sure nobody's over there because I'm coming over to beat the hell out of you. Um, <laughs> no, I was that. And and he said and all he said was, <laughs> Okay, big boy. Um the and thank God I had a my son in law is a truck driver and he uh called and said, Hey, I'm out at shoemakers and I need a ride home. He parked his truck out there and I cooled off. yeah, and I um and in the interim, he called and said, "Hey, this we got to knock. We really got to knock this off. This right. is what, you know." So that would be one I could tell on oh, the record. Um, but there was there it, it was. I don't know. It kind of wore me out at the end. Um, it was pretty intense. Yeah, wow. But he was funny. The thing about Bo is he's super funny. Right. I mean, the guy is he's got he's got a super high level sense of humor.
1: Well, here's the thing. My two—I mean, you know this. My two best friends in the world are Bo and Barrett Rude, and those two guys would would take a bullet for that guy. And so that's yeah. enough for me to be like, you know what? Because I—I've never I, somehow i never have—I've never had any interactions with Bobolini. Somehow we've never crossed paths. Nothing like I never drew the eye, the wrath of him, and with being on the radio or something. Nothing. Uh, but if if you're not know is like with people you love and respect, love and respect someone else, you're like, okay, then I—that I, guy's gotta gotta have have some, some good things about him. And so that's kind of how I oh, he's
0: got. Yeah. He, Oh God. I mean, I, 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 I mean, Bo's the type of guy that would do a, he did a lot for the city and he would do anything for you. but he would not, he did not want you to say a word about it. Right. Don't, you know, he was the type of guy he's just going to, he's going to do good deeds. He doesn't, he, nobody needs to know about it. I bet and he liked the,
1: you. I, li- I bet I the did. fact that you were wanting to go over there and like, and 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 throw down in his office i bet he was i bet that like he in a weird way that was like i like steve Sipple. he wanted to no he no that was
0: no the guys would always tell me that the assistants you're he likes you because you challenge him all the time and we we had that kind of relationship um but it went a little too far (laughs) um yeah i mean it was it was um Oh, God, I, I could tell you stories. I
1: bet you could. He box. doesn't know you can box, though. Like, he doesn't know what he was getting into, man. He, you were going to come in there and hit him with a hit a combo. It was going to. There was
0: know. not. I would want no part of him. I'd have to do something dirty or just go <laughs> or something. I, I'd, I'd have no chance against him, and I sure would have no chance against Carl. Carl would be way.
1: <laughs> I got you over Mike Riley, though. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> similar age group. Um, Oh, I love it. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Nick. You got it.
1: Hey, Sip, you're the man. I appreciate you. I always love reading your stuff and listening to you. Thank you so
0: much. All right. Have a good one, Nick. See you,
1: Sip. All right. My thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better.
0: A Huda Media Production.